On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Autopilot Hardware 4 is starting to roll out on the Model Y, Tesla and Ford forge a huge charging alliance, Elon Musk says the next Gigafactory announcement is coming this year, and more. friends, Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 408 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for May 28th, 2023. Starting this week's podcast with a quick correction, I have to, I have to mash my own uh, palm of my hand into my, into my forehead repeatedly. I had my decimal point in the wrong place on last week's podcast. The Cybertruck at 250,000 units per year would represent, in fact, 1.25% of 20 million cars per year when Tesla reaches that production goal. My decimal point was very much in the wrong place on that. See, this is why I was a journalism major in college and not a math major. Thank you to listener Matt for correcting me on that one. Hey, speaking of math, as eagle-eyed Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt noted this week, Tesla has begun discounting inventory Model 3s and only Model 3s. As Sawyer put it on Twitter, quote, Tesla is offering up to $1,350 discounts off of new Model 3 inventory in the U.S. No discounts for Model Y, S, or X. Well, hmm, I wonder why Tesla would discount Model 3s but none of the other Teslas. Why would that possibly be? You, of course, know the answer as I lay the sarcasm on thick there. Project Highland is incoming, seemingly. I mean, this, this to me is a telltale sign that change is imminent. We've seen Tesla do this before, in fact. Now, we're counting down the days at this point, because here I'm recording on May 26th. The show's coming out on May 28th. And now it's just a matter of probably days until the official reveal of the revamped Model 3. Is it going to be the end of June? The middle of June? And this is, in fact, all, of course, going on the hypothesis that the return of the dual motor long range is a Highland car. I believe it is. I believe I will be proven right on that. But we'll see, of course. Uh, And again, in a matter of 30 days or less, I would bet it's going to be closer to the end of the month which is conveniently right at the end of the quarter so that Tesla will be able to sneak this into its next quarterly shareholder letter. I'll tell you, I absolutely cannot wait to get a proper full look at this car, not just the outside that we got teased of with a leaked image of an unfinished car under a car cover, but also the inside. Now, on that note, a drone spy video showed a Tesla employee getting out of one, and we can pretty well tell that it's got a, well, not pretty well, we definitely can tell that it has a new steering wheel, and we can pretty well see that it seems to have no stalks coming off of that steering wheel. And if you remember back to last fall when the rumor about the Model 3 and Y getting a new steering wheel first appeared, Well, as you may remember, I thought that it might happen on the model year changeover 
which happened, of course, in November. It was when the 2023 cars started getting built. That obviously didn't happen, but looking back on it now with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, it would appear that that rumor of a new wheel was true, and it was for Project Highland. Now, all that said, let's turn our attention back for a second to these discounted Model 3s. If you can find yourself a base Model 3 and you qualify for the federal tax incentive, you can get that card down to $39,030 out the door, and well, aside from tax and registration, and then your $3,750 federal tax credit means, again, aside from tax and registration, which varies state by state, your bottom line is $35,280. That is a great deal. That is a really, really impressive for what you get, where we are here in 2023. Of course, we're waiting for the Generation 3 cars, which will you know, will probably make us look back on that number and laugh. Oh, remember when $35,000 was a, a killer deal for a Tesla? Well, for now, until the uh, the Gen 3 cars arrive, 35280 very, very impressive. Speaking of Project Highland, if indeed the imminent Model 3 long-range dual motors return is going to be in the form of Project Highland, we now know its final EPA range rating. I guess we know its final range rating regardless of whether or not it's Highland. But anyway, uh, just go with me on that. It's a little more dramatic, a little more fun. The final EPA range rating for the return of the long-range dual-motor Model 3 is 333 miles. Now, that's on the 18-inch aero wheels. If you step up to the 19-inch sport wheels, it'll take you down to 315 miles of EPA-rated range. You'll remember that Tesla had given a vague 325-plus estimate before. Now we have the final number. It's still a decent bit below the 353 or so that the previous incarnation of the long-range dual motor was. And to me, this lends credibility to my theory that this is going to be Project Highland. Why? Because of that range differentiation, which can be explained by that the Highland car is going to use 4680 battery cells and a structural battery pack, and thus, just by virtue of it being a completely different battery architecture, the total kilowatt-hour number of the battery pack is probably a bit smaller than the previous version of this trim was on the 2170 cells, thus accounting for that 20-mile range difference. So again, it's almost June as you're hearing this, so we will find out for sure within the next four weeks. More numbers! This week's Patreon poll comes via a suggestion from listener John, who wrote to me and said, a friend has a new 2023 Model Y standard range with the 4680 batteries. It was made in Texas. Interestingly, his efficiency is way better than our 2022 long-range Model Y. Our 13,000-mile average is 269 watt-hours per mile. Our friend's usage over 1,100 miles is 226 watt-hours per mile. This is an amazing efficiency improvement. So... John was curious about how other people are doing. 
So I decided to poll all of you out there who own a Model Y and were kind enough to respond to the poll, and I grouped it by what made the most sense to me. Maybe it wasn't the best way to do it. This is what, what occurred to me, was to group it by wheel size, since that has the biggest direct effect on efficiency if the car, in this case the Model Y, is otherwise the same. The fact is, there just aren't enough of the Texas-built standard range Model Ys out there yet for me to have gotten a good sample size on those Model Ys with the 4680s versus the other cars with the 2170s. Plus, the other uh, inconsistent factor there would be the fact that the standard range has a smaller battery pack. It weighs less by virtue of you know, less range is, is, of course, resulting from having a smaller kilowatt hour battery pack, just a smaller pack. So that would have also been a thing. But in any case, I thought it would be interesting to take John's suggestion and riff on it a little bit. So uh, just 50 votes total this week, which is a quarter of the votes that I usually get on these polls, which tells me that probably a lot of you out there have Model 3s, because I did politely ask that only Model Y owners participate in this week's poll. So if maybe I'll do a Model 3 version of this next week, maybe the moment's passed and no one's interested in it anymore. But in any case, for this poll, with the folks that were kind enough to respond, grouping it by wheel size, the most popular response was on the 19-inch wheels for your Model Y, you got you are getting between 250 and 300 watt hours per mile. 46% of you, nearly half, responding that way, with 16% saying you get that same 250 to 300 watt hours per mile of efficiency on the 20 inch induction wheels. Uh, 6% of you on say you're in that 250 to 300 range on the 21s, the performance Model Y, uh, moving to above 300 watt hours per mile, my fellow Leadfoots, shout out, represent, I'm with you guys. <laughs> the the uh, 10% of you said you're above 300 watt hours per mile on the 19s. 2% of you said you're above 300 watt hours per mile on the 20s. And interestingly, 12% of you said you're above 300 watt hours per mile on the 21s, which is really interesting that the you would think the 19s would be the least... But it's, it says that uh, a, a lot more of you probably have 19s and there's just a lot more variance in how, how you drive, right? How, how different uh, folks drive. So, the, of course, the 21s, the performance Y makes sense that, that that's going to get some over 300 watt hours per mile for some people. And then uh, the, the real hyper milers out there, nobody got 200 to 250 watt hours per mile on the 21s, on the Performance Model Y. I guess it's basically impossible, which it's also basically impossible on the Model 3 Performance as well, with the 20s. 2% of you get between 200 and 250 watt-hours per mile on 20s, so salute to all of you, and 6% of you in that category on the 19s. So just a, a fun little uh, exercise there, fun little sample for, uh, for Model Y efficiency this past week. A, fr a friendly reminder, by the way, you can vote. You don't have to be backing me on Patreon. You can vote uh, every week in the Patreon poll. It's open to the public. I generally put those up on Tuesday nights on my Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash 
Tesla podcast. Uh, speaking of my Patreon, that is, of course, the way you can voluntarily choose to support me, to back me uh, on my efforts here week in and week out on Ride the Lightning. It's a very, Patreon's a pretty simple thing. It's a safe, secure platform that's been in, around for years. I mean, I've been on it for six, almost seven, I think, yeah, almost seven years now. Coming up maybe next week or so is the seven year, my seven year Patreon anniversary. But you can just pledge uh, a different amount that you want to support me at, whatever your amount is. So the there's a $5 tier that will get you early access to each week's podcast. There's also the most popular tier, the $10 a month tier. That one gets you the early access and those weekly lightning round bonus mini episodes each and every week. This week's was about what I think the original three Roadster barn finds that I had Pete Gruber on to talk about a few weeks ago, what I think those are going to sell for and what I think should be done with them. Now, of course, what I think doesn't matter because I'm not buying them. But anyway, I did a little podcast about that because the bidding is closing. It'll be closed, I think, by the time you hear this. And I'm hoping to have an update on this story next week which how with how much they went for, whether the, the buyer is revealing themselves publicly and decides to comment on what they intend to do with the cars. So I do hope to have a follow-up on that next week. But for this week, I, I did a little uh, 14 minutes or so on what I think those cars are going to go for and what I think should be done with them. Hey, uh, real quick, on the Patreon, one last Patreon note here. Uh, Patreon themselves just introduced free seven-day trials. So if you've been thinking about backing me on Patreon, you've been listening for a while, and you think, yeah, you know, I really like the podcast, Ryan, and yeah, I just haven't made it over to Patreon yet to support you. Well, there's now a free seven-day trial that's that I've attached onto that most popular $10 a month tier. So if you'd like to check it out and see what it's like to get early access for a week, to get that lightning round weekly bonus mini episode, to get that seven-day trial, you can do that. Well, you can do all of it on my Patreon page, found again at patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, all right. Before I get started with the proper news this week, yes, I haven't even, we're 14 minutes in, and these are still the preamble stories. These are, we're in like the warm-up right now. We're warming up in the bullpen before the game starts. So I have one more number for you. There have been a lot of numbers here at the top of the show. No caveats, no categories, no asterisks. Tesla has confirmed that the Model Y was the best-selling car in the world in Q1 of this year. So I just want to say congratulations to the Tesla team. I mean, we've been trending this way for a while, so this is not a surprise. And at this point, the next stop is the best-selling car in the world for the entire year, not just a quarter of it, which looks now very likely to happen this year. If they got there in Q1, they stand a pretty good chance to get there in Q2, 3, and 4 as well. You know, I, I tweeted about this today uh, before the recording of the podcast, and let me just pull up my tweet. Oh, yeah, I said, go back in time 15 years to when the original Roadster was in production and just show this tweet to anybody, be they a Tesla employee, be they a rival automaker, or just 
anyone buying a car, like literally anyone in the car buying public. And it would have seemed impossible then, impossible at that time, 15 years ago. So just an absolutely incredible achievement by the Tesla team. It's awesome. You just, you love to see it. All right, as promised, time to get the rest of the podcast started properly here. I'm going to start with this. We now have confirmation that Tesla has begun shipping Model Ys built with Autopilot Hardware 4. Said confirmation comes via the folks at the Kilowatts Twitter account. Uh, I know one of those guys, Ryan, very well. He's a good dude. And the Kilowatts posted pictures of the updated cameras on a couple of new Model Ys that had just arrived at Tesla's South San Francisco Delivery Center, which coincidentally is the one closest to me. So the Kilowatts tweeted, confirmed Tesla has begun producing Model Ys with Autopilot Hardware 4. We spotted a few mixed in with their existing Hardware 3 inventory in South San Francisco just now. And this was late in the week. This was, I believe, uh, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which day, but just, so they are coming out of the factory now. So the question was not, of course, if, but when the Model 3 and the Model Y were going to get hardware for in the wake of the X and S getting it first a couple of months ago. Obviously, it's going to be a trickle at first because The odds are good that Tesla might still be putting Hardware 3 in some Model Ys until the stock of the Hardware 3 hardware is exhausted at the Fremont factory. And also, I just, I don't know how this goes on the production line, since remember, Radar has to go into the Hardware 4 cars and not just a different board, you know, different full self-driving computer and different cameras. So... Maybe it goes by batches, which I think we generally know are done by paint color. They'll do batches of cars. Maybe it goes by shifts. There are three shifts going in you know, 24-7 at Fremont. Or I may be overthinking this, and perhaps it is true that every single Model Y, at least out of Fremont, is getting hardware for now because... Maybe the stock of Hardware 3 is, in fact, already exhausted. Regardless, though, I guess my point here is that if you have a Model Y on order right now and it's being built in Fremont, because we still don't know what the status with Hardware 4 is on the Giga Texas cars, you have a good chance of getting Hardware 4 on your car that you've ordered. But at this moment in time, it's not a guarantee. If you order now, you've got a higher chance of getting hardware for because your car probably will take, it'll take two to four weeks, most likely to get you a car. If you wait a month or two to order, your odds will be getting up closer and closer to a hundred percent that you're going to get hardware for. So naturally now this leaves the model three. And I'm sure folks like my friends at the Kilowatts will be keeping a very close eye on the Model 3s that are coming out of Fremont, especially now that we know the Model Ys have Hardware 4 starting to roll out in them as well. I mean, you can take it to the bank that the Project Highland revamped Model 3s, which again, if I'm correct, will be coming next month. 
that those cars, the Highland cars, are going to have hardware 4 in them. Which makes sense, right? If the Y is getting it now, here at the end of May, then the Model 3 likely wouldn't be too far behind. Also, if you're still thinking, as I have, about the extra cameras piece of this that I talked about back when our white hat hacker friend Green the Only had first dissected the full self-driving computer board itself a couple months ago, I should start by saying that, number one, the kilowatts did confirm that these hardware 4 Model Ys do not have any additional cameras. So that's one, that's number one. And number two, I read this a few weeks ago on the Tesla Motors Reddit from a commenter, and I meant to talk about it on the podcast, but I just kept forgetting about it. I wish I could remember the thread to go back to it and give credit to the person that theorized this, so forgive me for that. But anyway, this person on the Tesla Motors Reddit said something that to me sounds more and more correct, or likely to be correct, as time goes by. And that is that the extra cameras that Green the Only found ports for on the Hardware 4 board that he dissected are probably for the Tesla Semi, with the Cybertruck also in there, because the Cybertruck, we do know, does have a bumper-mounted camera. So the S, the 3, the X, the Y, the sexy lineup, have cameras in the same places they had before, albeit only two in the upper windshield spot, since the new cameras are five times higher of a resolution than the old ones, and they just literally don't need three up there anymore to get the coverage that they need. Two cameras, two, two uh, 5X, you know, five megapixel cameras will get it done. The Cybertruck has that one extra on the front bumper, and the Semi, which I have seen up close, I've seen it the, the prototype that's at the Peterson Museum, up close, the Semi has two, four, and I think other people have photographed the actual in-production Semis as well, so I'm not, I'm not uh, I think, sharing old information here. It is still, still relevant, still valid. The Tesla Semi has the two forward-facing extra cameras on either side of it. I believe they're built into the mirror housings, if memory serves me correctly. So that would seem to clear up the mystery of the extra cameras that were found, you know, to have have uh, connection ports on the hardware for computer board. Sad that it seems like the passenger cars will not be getting all of these extra cameras, but I certainly trust that Tesla, the engineering team, the autopilot team, knows what they're doing. Next up this week... Tesla CEO Elon Musk hosted a Twitter Spaces. Not a surprise, he owns Twitter. If you're not familiar, Twitter Spaces is basically a live audio chat room that's that lives on Twitter. And Elon hosted that Twitter Spaces with his guest Ford CEO Jim Farley, which just in and of itself is pretty cool that these two major automotive CEOs jumped on, no PR people, you know, it's just these two guys talking. I mean, they are competitors after all, so this is not a, a frequent occurrence. I mean, I'm sure they talk privately more than we know, right? But it's still rare for this to be a for them to, you know, publicly come out and appear together and speak together. But that happened this week, and 
forget all that. The announcement that they made, that's what's important here. Take a listen to the announcement that Tesla and Ford made together this week. Working with Elon and his team, I'm really excited for for um, our industry and and for the Ford customers. We're going to be we're, we're announcing that in early 2024, all of Ford's uh, existing customers and future customers would have access to 12,000 Tesla superchargers, high-speed superchargers across the U.S. We're really excited about that. We're you know ramping production, and we think this is a huge. Um, move for our industry and for all electric customers. And, um, and then uh, about a year later, we're going to be equipping our Fords when, when we go to our second generation electric vehicles with the uh, NACS um, uh, interface. So it's, um, really, Elon, I want to thank you and your team. It's been great working with you so far. And I th- I'm really excited about what this means for customers. How did, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, you and I, what, uh, what yeah. are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, um, uh, well, it's, it's certainly, uh, super exciting to be, uh, uh, in partnership with Ford, um, uh, have a trans amount of respect for Ford as a company and, uh, makes great, great vehicles. So, <clears throat> Um, yeah, this, this, this is, uh, you know, it's something where, where we're super happy to support, um, uh, um, Ford vehicles with, uh, the Tesla supercharging network, um, and, uh, you know, also provide, um, uh, API access. So like, uh, you know, a, so like a, a Ford vehicle can charge at a Tesla supercharger using a Ford app, um, seamlessly. Um, essentially, like the the idea is that like we, we don't want the Tesla supercharger network to be like a walled gar- a walled garden. You know, to, we want it to be something that is supportive of um, electrification and and uh, sustainable transport in general. So, um, and we're very very much appreciative of of, of Ford's uh, you know interest in in partnering on this front. So uh, it's it is a uh, in our intent to do uh, everything uh, possible to support um, Ford and and have Ford be on an equal footing um, at uh, Tesla superchargers. Well, this is huge. And if you don't believe me, take it from automotive industry expert and two-time Ride the Lightning guest, who's welcome back anytime, Sandy Monroe, who tweeted this, quote, this news is bigger than both Ford and Tesla. Today is the end of ICE domination. Congratulations to Tesla and Ford for their bold move, end quote. And indeed, uh, Sandy's right. This could tip the scales for other automakers in terms of adopting the NACS standard. Now that Ford, the biggest North American car company by annual production volume, has done so. If even one more company jumps on board, you know, because you could make the argument now, like, okay, it's just Ford for now, you know, that's that's significant, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. If even one more company jumps on board, to me, that will for sure be the end of any other non-Tesla charging standard, at least on this continent. By the way, Elon noted, there, there were some follow-ups in here, I didn't want to play you like the whole 28-minute Twitter spaces. 
But just a couple of more highlights, relevant facts for you to pass along. Elon noted later in the conversation that there will be an adapter for existing Ford EV owners. Because as you heard Jim Farley say there, it's not the the Fords are not going to get the North American charging standard, aka the Tesla plug. They will not get it natively on their Ford EVs until Ford gets around to their next generation of EVs in 2025. So we're two years out there. In the meantime, you've got a bunch of people that already own uh, Mustang Mach-E GTs, Ford F-150 Lightnings, etc. An adapter is coming for them. And that adapter will be in production early next year. Now, Jim Farley said that they will try to make the adapter as affordable as possible, and there will be different types of payment options, including a subscription option. And I think he was talking not specifically about the adapter itself there, but about the access to the supercharging network. Now, Elon added that Tesla said, yes, we will make the adapter cost-effective. He said it will be hundreds of dollars, not a thousand plus dollars. And from from the way the conversation went, it sounded like the Tesla team is the one that's actually doing the work on the adapter. Not that it particularly matters per se, but I just, I find it interesting that, that Tesla's the one, if I'm correct on that, sort of inf- inferring that from Elon's words, that it's the Tesla engineering team that's actually building this adapter for Ford customers, which is pretty cool when you think about it. Uh, Jim Farley added, quote, we're totally committed to NACS, the NACS interface, aka the Tesla plug, going forward. Uh, I, I love, I just love that this, This isn't just letting the Ford owners onto the supercharger network, but that they're getting API level access so that it can be as seamless of an experience for them as possible. I mean, that's a critical piece of this that that Elon had mentioned, that they're, they're getting API level access because in order to get internal combustion engine drivers on board with an EV, there's, there's gotta be a, a lot of fast chargers everywhere and B, they've got to be easy to use. Now, Tesla, as we all know from personal experience, already checks both of those boxes, but with this partnership, they are doing way more than the bare minimum here to try and make it a super painless experience on the Ford side. And obviously, Tesla's going to be making some money off of this too. The Ford owners are not going to be getting free supercharging. They will be paying for it. So there is a a revenue benefit to Tesla here, but just in terms of what this means for the bigger picture of EV adoption, this is just incredible. Now, if you're curious, this isn't the first auto manufacturer to use the NACS plug, the NACS standard. Aptera is doing it as well, but obviously Ford is quite a bit bigger than Aptera or really pretty much anybody else short of maybe the entire Volkswagen group, like Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, etc., committing to NACS. Although that's unlikely to happen because, well, here's Elon Musk talking about the European side of this. Because Ford, of course, Ford does business in Europe. There is a European side of this, and here's Elon speaking to that. Well, the the, the Europe spec, um, it's funny. Um, actually went to visit the EU um, Minister of Transport because I was, uh, this is several years ago, um, 
because I, I was actually pretty upset about the EU design. And honestly, it was it was it was it was somewhat of a Kafka esque situation. Um, <laughs> Where where I was I was told well you know it was designed by a committee I'm like well we didn't know this committee existed um, <laughs> it's like well <laughs> but you should have known like I'm like well how are we supposed to provide input on something we didn't know existed this is not possible mm. and, and and it hadn't yet become law or anything uh, so I was like well how about if there's alternatives you know like you can have two or you know and um, but but unfortunately the the EU connector is very much a designed by committee situation. Um, and um, but we're, we're somewhat stuck with it. In fact, we're not even allowed to have private uh, networks in the in the in the EU that have um, the North American connector. So, um, but but I think it, it, it is the the you know, the team's done done a, a good job, and it's it, it's a pretty great connector. So, um, mm. and and, I, and if if we you know working with with Ford and, and perhaps others uh, can make it the North American standard, I think the the consumers will be. Uh, all the better for it. Um, so, um, yeah. I know you and I've been, you know, talking about what we can do t together to advance, um, you know, the the industry and the customer experience. But it became clear to me I was I was on vacation with my family last year in Lake Tahoe. I was driving back, I think, to Monterey, and my kids kids kept look, uh, looking at me and going, "Hey, Dad, there's another supercharger." Uh, we, can you yeah. can we stop there how about how about there how about on the i5 dad i was like no we have to go we have to go over here behind this other building and so uh, it kind of became obvious to me you know the job your team had done and and what it means for customers well it's a shame that it sounds like the tesla plug might not ever come to europe which i suppose is probably why tesla decided to name it the North American charging standard. But I just love that story about Jim Farley taking his family on vacation and passing a bunch of Tesla superchargers on the way. Uh, all right, one more thing I've got for you from this 28 or so minute Twitter Spaces conversation. Jim Farley asks Elon about the original Roadster that's out in space after being, of course, as we all very well remember, it was launched out into space by the Falcon Heavy test launch. And much to my personal great delight, Elon either mishears or just misinterprets the question in the flow of the, you know, it's just, it happens. And he thinks that Jim is asking about the new Roadster. So take a listen to this clip. Elon, I know we're getting to the end of our, uh, end of our time, but I have to ask you, I, um, from my podcast i talked to neil antipas uh, tyson and 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 we were both um degrasse tyson and we were both oh, yeah. kind of wondering where is the tesla roadster in the universe right now because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i i have a feeling uh, funny like you, you, you track it <laughs> <laughs> well we have to say for, for everyone out there who has a reservation on tesla roadster i just like to say thank you for your patience um <laughs> Uh, because and and we we are certainly testing the patience of uh, of of the te the new Tesla Roadster customers. Um, I, I'm actually in the studio here um, uh, with uh, our head of design actually and, and uh, our head of vehicle engineering. Um, so uh, Lars and Franz, Franz hey. are here. Yes. <laughs> Lars and Franz are here. <laughs> Lars and Franz are here. 
Um, so we're actually just looking at the uh, the, the so we're, we're hoping to finish the the design of the, the engineering of the new roads to this year and hopefully uh, reach production towards the end of next year. I mean, I do want to emphasize that this is financially sort of a, a small small potato situation. Um, you know, it's not going to move the needle in a major way financially. So uh, I've characterized it as the, it's not even the icing on the cake, it's the cherry on the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's still, it, it, you know, it'll be a, a, a really, really cool thing. And, uh, and, um, you know, and, and there's a, a, some, something, you know, poetic about, uh, we started off with a roadster and well, we're not going to end with a roadster, but, <laughs> but it's nice to, 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 to have it rhyme and come back with, with, uh, a new version. So, and, wh and where is the one? Yeah. Where is the one in space? Like, where? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How far out is it? Well, there's, there's actually somebody maintains a website called whereisroadster.com. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, at any given point, you can uh, see where it is. Um, but we, we we ran the uh, sort of orbital calculations forward about ten million years, and it did not appear to hit anything for the next ten million years. So it's. Uh, you know, never know when something might come out of nowhere, but uh, it, it'll it'll be there. In, in theory, it'll be there um, after the even after the pyramids have eroded. So it's it's a long term. You know, the aliens. If aliens come in the future, they'll be like, "Hey, what's this thing?" Um, <laughs> and, and then we have we have a, we have a tiny roadster, uh, like a matchbox car roadster, on the dashboard of the roadster. So they'll be like. And maybe they'll think they must they must have worshipped these things. This must be like their religious symbol of something, you know? Um. Well, it's pretty much the same answer that we got at the shareholder meeting last week, except that apparently Elon was doing this Twitter space conversation from the design studio while reviewing some Roadster stuff with Franz von Holzhausen and Lars Moravi. I am just so thrilled that the Roadster project is being actively worked on again and that we might actually see this thing on the road in another 18 to 24 months. Whatever is it's ultimately going to look like, that is, uh, since we now know that it's not going to look exactly the same as the car that rolled out of the back of that Tesla Semi five and a half years ago. All right, the next and final news item I have for you this week is another Elon Musk audio clip. He did an interview with the Wall Street Journal as part of their annual CEO Council interview series. And in this clip, he was asked about where the next Gigafactory might be after Giga Mexico. Take a listen to his response. Which is the most exciting country to build a Tesla plant in right now? Um, well, we, we did make an announcement that Mexico would be our next uh, location outside the U.S., uh, and picked a site and everything. So there's that. And then um, we'll, we'll pro probably pick another location towards the end of this year. Is India interesting? Absolutely. Okay. Note that Elon did say outside the U.S. there. Do any of you out there think that the next one might come back here in the U.S.? Perhaps a dedicated Generation 3 vehicle plant? I'd say it's on the table, but I think it's more likely that the next one stretches Tesla's reach, grows Tesla's empire so that the sun never sets on it to another part of the world. Now, you heard the interviewer mention India there, to which Elon acknowledged that, yes, that would be interesting. And for their part, India, per a Reuters report, which I saw on Drive Tesla Canada, so I'll tip my cap to them, India is into the idea, I mean, 
Why wouldn't they be? Uh, so Reuters wrote via Drive Tesla Canada, the Indian Deputy Minister for Information Technology, Rajiv Chandraskar, noted that Tesla was, quote, serious about establishing a manufacturing base in the country. Tesla held talks this past week with Indian officials on several topics, including battery and car manufacturing incentives. Per Reuters, Tesla proposed setting up an EV production facility in India during the meetings. They also noted their interest in setting up an EV battery manufacturing facility in the country. Quote, they are very seriously looking at India as a production and innovation base, Chandraskar said. We have signaled to them that the government of India is working together and will certainly make whatever ambitions they have or investment objective they have in India a success, end quote. So we've got India on board. They're, they're definitely uh, ready, to, ready to roll if Tesla gives the, the nod. Perhaps somewhere in the USA could be on the table. I would guess if it were going to be back here, maybe in the Midwest somewhere. But for me, I'm going to go back to another one where I think it's a if there's smoke, there's fire situation. And that is South Korea. You heard me talk about that one recently. And so those seem like the top three candidates to me. India, Midwestern US, South Korea. Uh, I suppose... You could maybe sneak Canada in there as well as a dark horse number four on that list. But personally, I'm leaning towards South Korea right now. What do you think? I mean, maybe I sh maybe this should be the subject of next week's Patreon poll. We'll see how it goes. All right. That's everything I've got for you in a busy, very interesting, very awesome week of Tesla news. Stick with me, though. Ride the Lightning is not yet done. I've got more podcasts for you. Your phone calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline are all teed up and ready to go right after this. Before I get to your phone calls, I want to note once again here, I'm very grateful that this week's Ride the Lightning is brought to you by my friends at Accelerate Auto who offer that excellent X-Care extended warranty coverage for your Tesla. Again, you might think, well, why do I need that since Tesla's selling one themselves now? Again, for starters, Tesla's policy offers no flexibility. It's a fixed two-year, 25,000-mile coverage plan. X-Care offers up to 10 years and 125,000 miles after your factory warranty is up. X-Care can also be purchased for any Tesla, no matter where you bought it. Tesla's, on the other hand, is only offered to customers who bought their cars new from Tesla. And you can only opt into Tesla's before your car hits 50,000 miles. X-Care plans can be purchased anywhere up to 125,000 miles. Finally, while both Tesla and X-Care have $100 deductibles and 24-7 roadside assistance, X-Care also offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage, which Tesla doesn't. And X-Care covers everything that Tesla's own extended warranty does. So check them out. See which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash X-Care. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use that discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your purchase. Sadly, except for Florida, but uh, for everybody else, 
Use that code, that lightning code for $100 off. Thank you again to Accelerate Auto. All right, Ride the Lightning Hotline time. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, call in and you have a chance to be featured on the podcast. There are two easy ways to do so. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. That is a toll-free number that you can dial anytime. And the number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Kicking us off is David from the UK commenting on the cancellations of the right-hand drive Model S and Model X. Go ahead, David. Hello, Ryan and listeners. David here from the UK. Let's chat about Tesla selling left-hand drive cars in right-hand drive markets. It's really quite an oddity. As a lifelong car enthusiast, I've never seen this with mass market cars before. It it introduces the obvious daily impracticalities of driving a car with the wheel on the wrong side. Visualize drive-through dilemmas and parking ticket struggles. The biggest downsides? Insurance costs and poor residual values. Insurers hike premiums for left-hand drive vehicles. Also, these cars will depreciate rapidly due to low demand for left-hand drive in the UK, hurting their resale value. It's so bad that Tesla can't offer finance, so these are cash purchases only. Lastly, Tesla stated these cars are unavailable for the foreseeable future. That doesn't mean never. If right-hand drive returns, left-hand drive values will really take a kicking, a risk I, and I'm sure many others, will not take. Sure, Tesla will sell some plaids to those willing to overlook all of this, but the everyday non-plaid models will be an even tougher sell. Cheers. David, thank you for your perspective on this. David and I had exchanged notes on this just for a little context. He was waiting on a plaid S. I'd also like to shout out Dermot from rural Norfolk in the UK who called in on this topic as well. In fact, Every UK resident that I have heard from so far, either privately or in a hotline call, has said that driving a left-hand drive car over there is a really bad idea. I'm not sure Tesla's going to walk this back, at least not anytime soon, as, I mean, they're already offering refunds and they're going to auto-cancel any orders that haven't already either been canceled or converted to Model 3 or Model Y orders. I believe that's happening this week, early June. And even if they did tomorrow go, oh, sorry, we messed up, and they reached back out to the folks with canceled orders, some of them might understandably feel too burned to put their order back in. I mean, if if it were me in those shoes, I'd be gutted if I waited that long only to be told that Tesla totally could produce my car, but it simply decided not to. 
So I'm, I'm honestly very sorry for you, David, and for everybody else affected by this. Thank you for calling in. Ian from Melbourne, Australia is next. Go ahead, Ian. Hi, Ryan. This is Ian from Melbourne, Australia. I'm traveling to San Francisco in the next couple of weeks, and I'd like to be able to visit a uh, Tesla accessory shop or an apparel store uh, to get some genuine American Tesla bits and bobs. Um, wonder if you've got any suggestions for me. Thanks very much, and enjoy your show. Cheers. Ian, I am happy to help you here. I would recommend heading over to the Tesla factory in Fremont, which is about 45 minutes from San Francisco. It's on the east side of the San Francisco Bay. Now, sadly, the factory tours still have not resumed, but there is a wonderful showroom there with a good selection of Tesla merchandise as well. And hey, if you'd like to meet up while you're here, let me know. I don't want to intrude on your trip, certainly. But if you'd like to say hello, I'm happy to meet you somewhere. Maybe have a beer. Safe travels to you. And by the way, I'll say this. Prepare to see more Teslas on the road when you get here than you've ever seen in your entire life. It is it is like that here. Uh, next, Chris from Chicago responding to Stefan from Monterey about Tesla insurance. Hi, Ryan. Chris from Chicago. Uh, I wanted to put my two cents in. Uh, regarding caller from last week, Stefan, about the uh, Tesla insurance. Uh, I also recently switched to Tesla insurance, uh, I would say sometime last last year, and immediately my uh, premium was down, um, I would say $60 a month compared to my previous uh, insurance provider. So I was really happy. I was like, oh, this is, this is great. It's really easy to set up. Um, and then, like Stefan um, commented, I noticed over the months, it kind of gradually crept up, like $4 here, $5 here, $10 here. And my safety score has always been fine, uh, 98 or above. Uh, and, yeah, it just started getting higher and higher, not happy. Like, uh, and, then, and then I stopped really driving uh, my Model S for a while, uh, for a few months, and then my, my premium kept going up. I'm like, well, okay, I thought it was... Maybe the premium was going up because I was driving so much, you know, the exposure with correlative to mileage. Um, so I had stopped driving it for a while, but the rate kept going up. What is the deal here? And then actually, I just got a notification the other day, an email, that my premium, it went from, I would say, it, it had crept up gradually up to about 140 a month or so. Uh, my new premium is now down to like 70 Like, so pretty much got cut in half. And... What I can relate that to is they might look at average miles driven in six-month intervals. And I think I just hit a six-month interval where they recalculated it. So I'm happy the insurance premium is down, but I would really love to know more clarity on exactly how it's calculated. Because as Stefan said, it just seems you know, exorbitant and doesn't really make a lot of sense to us drivers, uh, particularly those of us who have had zero claims. So my two cents. Thanks for the show, Ryan. Thanks for chiming in with your experience here, Chris. This unfortunately sounds like yet another case of Tesla failing to properly communicate to its customers. I mean, maybe failure's too strong of a word here, but at least let's say communication isn't as strong as you'd like it to be or expect it to be. I mean, you may very well be right about the six-month recalculation, by the way, too. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. 
but Tesla really should tell you so that you know exactly what their reasoning is. As I said to Stefan, the Tesla insurance product is still relatively new, we all know that. So here's hoping that Tesla continues to refine it, to improve it over time, which very much includes, in refining and improving it, customer communication as well. I've got time for one more caller this week. It is Dave in Yorktown, Virginia. Hello, Ryan. It's Dave from Yorktown, Virginia calling. I have a discussion topic for full self-driving beta. Uh, hadn't heard this, so I thought I'd just uh, make it a pretty good thing to, to put out to folks. I, I think most folks have seen this, but I wanted to get my impression is uh, that on the highway, it, uh, it's a definitely a lot better uh, on the highway as far as just being more relaxing. Uh, I've noticed that uh, now the car is like super smart when it comes to wanting to pass, getting into the far left lane to pass, because uh, if it tries to pass and there's already a car there, instead of just keeping the blinker on, it'll turn it off and, and really wait until a line of cars passes and there's a gap. And when there's a gap, it'll turn on the uh, turn signal again and it'll go ahead and it'll make the pass. So that's really cool to see. And I think that's that's a pretty smart thing to do shows that we're making progress and the other thing is uh is that while not ideal uh the car does not uh, automatically go back into a non-passing lane uh to let other cars pass behind when you're on the highway first i was like man this isn't that great but actually for me it's more relaxing because now i can pick when i want to get back into that lane uh, and let cars pass behind me or not uh, depending on the traffic. So I kind of like that. Uh, I think that maybe Tesla's done that on purpose so that they can uh, be how drivers like to get back out of the passing lane and maybe get some of that behavior before they uh, make another advancement. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the car seems to be a bit more aggressive when it's, um, or it definitely is more aggressive when you're on the suburban roads uh, I'm not really a big fan of the fact that it will change out of the lane you're in. You're just not in auto navigation, uh, and you'll be in the lane, maybe going a little slower than the car thinks you should, so it immediately goes over into another lane on a two-lane suburban road, whereas you might want to stay in that right-hand lane. Uh, that was a change. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of that because usually I have to hit the blinker and say, no, I don't want to go in the left-hand lane. I want to hang out in the right-hand lane. Anyways, continue your great work with the podcast. Have a good one. So long. Thank you, Dave. I agree with most of what you've stated there. I'd only respectfully disagree on the passing lane stuff because personally, and again, this is just me, I get a bit stressed when the car stays in the left lane because if somebody that wants to go faster comes up behind me, I just, I don't want to be in their way. I would rather just let them zip by in the left lane and not end up as a supporting actor in their story whatever may or may not happen. But you might be right that Tesla's pulling user data from when and how often that people manually signal to exit the passing lane while they're on FSD. I hope you're right about that, in fact. But overall, yes, I agree that the lane maneuvering logic, the lane maneuvering like actual action, and then the decision-making has gotten a lot better compared to the legacy highway stack. I've really, really been enjoying version 11, by and large. Take care, Dave. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks to all of you who kindly took the time to call in. If you've called in and I haven't gotten to your call yet, 
I will do my best to get there next week. I've got more calls in the hopper, ready to go. Keep them coming if there's something that you want to chime in on. I love the hotline portion of the podcast because I really do enjoy hearing from all of you. So we'll do some more of that on next week's episode. But for now, Ride the Lightning is not yet done for this week. There's a little bit more to go. So stay tuned. I will be right back. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Well, as for me, I am firming up my plans to attend the Tesla Takeover in San Luis Obispo coming up in the last weekend of July. I've been uh, very kindly asked to moderate a panel while I'm there. So uh, come say hi if you're going to be there. I hope to see lots of you there. That is just, what, two months away now. It's coming up fast. Hey, here's an entertainment recommendation for you. It is a new video game, and it is called Star Trek Resurgence. It's on PC and consoles, and it is a Star Trek narrative adventure game. So it is just all dialogue for the most, like, 90%, 95% dialogue, which is just what Star Trek is about, right? It's like diplomacy and making the right decision. Uh, the team on it did a good job. They're ex-Telltale people, Oh, as Zelina is trying to get Daisy's attention. But uh, anyway, check that one out. I know there's a lot of big games out right now, but Star Trek Resurgence, pretty cool. Here's a pro tip of the week from Scott in New York. Hey, Ryan. Scott Vennykirk here in New York with a Tesla Model Y 2022 model. I have a pro tip for your listeners. Thanks for the great podcast. Doing a good job. Keep up the good work. So I went camping in my Tesla with my kids and some tents, and it got a little cold one night, so we were sitting in the car watching a movie and we couldn't find the movie we wanted to watch, the comedy Grown Ups, which is great, by the way, on uh, the built-in Netflix streaming platform on the uh, monitor. So we went to the browser and logged into Amazon Prime, and sure enough, it was there. But the problem is it was a split screen with the Tesla on the road view on the left. So I did some Googling and found that if you go to a website, which is fullscreentesla.com, I have no affiliation, then you can click on any of the major uh, streaming sites such as Amazon Prime and uh, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, uh, Disney Plus, there's many there. And when you click on that and log into your uh, Amazon Prime account, then great, the uh, movie is full screen, and it works like a charm. So figured somebody else might like to use that and keep up the good work with the podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Scott from New York, over and out. Thank you very much for that one, Scott. I suppose we have to thank whatever intrepid member of the Tesla community put that website together as well. Great stuff. If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, I welcome and invite you to share it, to do so Call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline with it. That's all you got to do. I gave you the call-in instructions for that a little while ago. So refer back there, and we'll do another pro tip of the week next week. But for now, before I go, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can perhaps and hopefully be of service to you, starting with abstractocean.com. They've got so many excellent aftermarket Tesla accessories, from the rear footwell lighting kits to the... Uh, different colored interior accent lighting kits that can be really cool. Just all sorts of neat stuff. Browse around, take a look, abstractocean.com. 
You can click on whichever Tesla you own to sort by all of the products that are available for each car. Put it all and put everything you like in your online shopping cart. And then when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTL podcast to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that code is RTL podcast, all one word, no spaces. Next, get your snap plate for all four currently in production Teslas at everyamp.com slash RTL. This is the front license plate bracket that I recommend if you either want or legally need to have a license plate on the front of your Tesla. It's safe and secure. It snaps on and off in seconds, though, if you do want it off and then you need to put it back on at some point. It's paint safe, grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe. It's not going to interfere with anything. It's a nice, clean, minimalist design. Make those fix-it tickets go away. And uh, you can always take it off for when you're going to take it out to car show, you're going to detail it, whatever. So I recommend the snap plate, which you can get from everyamp.com slash RTL. Budget Safe Solar, meanwhile, found, of course, at budgetsafesolar.com. They will take, they will happily take care of you if you, you know, check in with Tesla first and Tesla Solar doesn't work out. Or you just go straight to Budget Safe Solar. I ended up being very happy with my system. It's doing great. I've been a little... See, now I get annoyed at cloudy days. It's been cloudy all week here. And if I go into my app right now, let's see. Like today, yeah, only 27.8 kilowatt hours generated. 24.1 yesterday, 27.9 before that. You got to go back to Monday. Nice sunny day, nice smooth curve. 42.2 kilowatt hours, which so far is the most I've ever generated in one day. And that's only going to keep going up as we get towards the summer. But anyway, uh, if you're interested in solar for your home or business, the folks at Budget Safe Solar also now offer battery storage. So they can install the whole kit and caboodle for you if that is of interest. So Go to budgetsafesolar.com, and if you do proceed with an installation, please use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections is the place to go if you are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area with your Tesla. You want to take it in for a spa day, get, get it some love from a professional detailer, whether you want to do paint protection film on some or all of the car, ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years because it's that's how long it lasts. Uh, or you want to do paint correction to get that paint finish as looking as good as it possibly can. Get all those little imperfections out of there that have either accrued over time or just came from the factory that way or, or both really as well. So irdetailing.com, that's the website to go to. You can reach out to Jeff, the owner of Immaculate Reflections, through there. And when you do so, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, and any and if you do book in any work, there will be a nice little discount waiting for you. PureTesla.com slash RTL. As always, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. $49 shipped free anywhere in the U.S. will get you a 128 gigabyte micro SD based dash cam and sentry mode kit, which is what I recommend because micro SD is designed for the long haul. It is designed for the constant reading and writing 
that the dash cam and sentry mode do. If you wanna step up to 256 gigabytes, that's a $69 item. Again, shipped free anywhere in the US. It comes fully formatted and ready to go straight out of the package and into your car. Works with Mac and PC when you need to take the drive out and you know grab any videos off it or review the files there on a, on a PC or Mac. And they also sell the wireless game controller kit too. If you do a decent bit of gaming in your car and want a nice low profile uh, wireless game controller kit that will easily fit in your glove box or your center console. So get any of that at puretesla.com slash RTL. Finally, uh, I spent a good few minutes on this at the top, so I'm not gonna linger here. My Patreon page, again, can be found at patreon.com slash Podcast. That is the way that you can voluntarily choose to support the podcast. Uh, I hope that at some point I will earn your support. Uh, that is, you know, I, I know it's, it is earned. It is not given. So I humbly, humbly appreciate anybody and everybody that uh, cruises on over to patreon.com slash Podcast takes a look and perhaps decides to put down a pledge. Again, like I mentioned at the top, the seven-day trial is now available. That's a new feature that Patreon has implemented, and I've got that uh, available on that most popular $10 a month tier, so you can sample that for a week and get in on the, you know, the early access and the lightning round weekly bonus mini episodes so you can kind of see what, see what it's like, see what the perks are like on Patreon if you decide to, to back me on there. You can subscribe to or follow this podcast, depending on what each service calls it something else, but that's free. I recommend you do that on whichever podcast service that you prefer to use, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, all of those, subscribe slash follow. It's free. It just means that anytime there's a new episode, which of course on this podcast is like clockwork, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, it will automatically push that new episode out to you. You don't have to remember to go look for it. Uh, I am also on YouTube, just in audio only form. It's a syndication platform for me. There's no video, but if that is how you'd prefer to just go you know, keep a browser tab open and listen via YouTube. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and my channel should pop up very easily. You can subscribe right there. Uh, my, again, if you need a Tesla referral code, because now that the referral program is back and offering legitimate, you know, loot box points that can be redeemed for actual prizes from Tesla merch to software upgrades for your car, etc. Uh, I hope that you'll be able to find somebody else's code, whether it's a friend, a family member, coworker. But if you just need one, please reach out to me either via email, teslapodcast at gmail.com, via Twitter or Instagram. My handle is the same on both, DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, however you want to reach out to me, I'm happy to give you mine if you need one, but hopefully you'll be able to find one from uh, from another source, but I'm here if you need me. All right, finally here, I wanna say hello and thank you to the Plaid Maximum Plaid and Roadster in Space tier backers, starting with the Plaid crew that's grandfathered in. Thank you so much for your continued support to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, 
Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, te the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, an extra big thank you goes out to the Maximum Plaid backers. Uh, I think, I think, I can't remember if this was from <laughs> leftover from last week or not, but anyway, the newest Maximum Plaid backer, Tom Behan. Tom, thank you so much for jumping in at the Maximum Plaid tier. It is sincerely appreciated. And thank you very much to the rest of the Maximum Plaid crew. Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, we Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, and Bruce Otterstein. And finally, the Roadster in Space tier backers, extra grateful to them for their extraordinarily generous support. Thank you so much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, who I'll be chatting with one-on-one -on -one this weekend. Looking forward to our uh, monthly chats. Carol Weston and Chase Lancaster. Actually, I talked to a couple of other folks. Uh, Neil I chatted with last week and... Uh, and of course, Howard Anthony Smith, we recently caught up as well. So that's, those are always fun. I would look forward to those. So thank you all so much, the Roadster in Space to your backers. To all, thank you to all the Patreon backers, because you guys are what keep this podcast going. I, I would really not be able to justify its continued existence if you kind folks uh, were not so generous to support me here on Patreon. So I do genuinely thank all of you for that. But thanks to all of you for listening as well. I mean, I don't, again, I don't take that for granted because there are so many Tesla podcasts, so many Tesla YouTube channels, so many YouTube channels and podcasts about anything that you might be interested in. And so for you to take your limited time every day, or, you know, in this case, every week, for you to spend an hour plus of it with me here on Ride the Lightning I really am humbled by that. I appreciate that. Thank you all so much for sticking with me. Again, we're we're heading into now, we're about to head into the back half of 2023, which should bring us the r reveal and release of the Project Highland Model 3. And of course, the long-awaited on sale, the, the 
initial production and deliveries of the Cybertruck. So it's, I hope you had fun in the first half of the year. That's not quite over yet. We've got one more month to go, but it's only going to get more fun in the, the back half of 2023. So uh, until next Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.